All right, hello and welcome everyone to Bridging the Gap here on Reinventing the Tattoo. I'm Kyle Bernstein here today with Carrie Barba and just talking all about your start in the industry and how you've gotten to the position where you are now. Yeah, that's a long time ago, but it was, a, a, you know, I'm very lucky to get into tattooing and I actually started tattooing because I had a, a friend who was my downstairs neighbor. He was a tattoo artist and he used to come in and watch me draw here and there. And he suggested one day I give tattooing a try, you know? So that was the next step. I went in and gave it a try and it was super fun. So then one leads to another and I kind of kept going from there. That was back in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1979. That's great. So, um, I know for a lot of a lot of your history, you were out here in Southern California. So what made you want to move, make that move out here to um, get started out here? Yeah, I moved to California in 1980. Um, first of all, it started because, you know, we got laid off our jobs out there, right? Things right. weren't going great. So we got laid off jobs. And, you know, after tattooing just a year, I loved it so much. It was kind of a dream to someday be able to open a shop or work in a shop. And I hadn't done that yet. So moved to California with that dream of opening a shop. And when we got to California, things are a lot more expensive and more difficult here. You know, there luckily there wasn't a ton of shops around, just a few, you know. So we started popping around, kind of visiting different shops, seeing if it was able to be done for us at the time, but it took us a few years to get that shop open. We opened in Anaheim in 1983. Uh, it was called Twilight Fantasy at the time, but the, you know, the, the fun part of tattooing is what drove me to want to open a shop or to work in a shop. I worked in a couple of shops. I worked in uh, La Puente at Fat George's Tattoo, and I worked in San Bernardino up there also for Fat Mike. And that kind of got the ball, ball rolling for me. And Mike, who was nice enough to say, hey, you should do this on your own. You know, well, he kind of helped us look around for different areas of where to open up. And Anaheim was kind of an untouched area at the time. There was one little bitty shop there with one guy working in it. and But he was uh, very welcoming. And he was like, yeah, you know, open up. His name was Greg. And he didn't work too long. He wasn't totally into tattooing. He was more of a tat uh, an artist and kind of did it as fun. So he later on stopped tattooing. And uh, the nearest shop other than that was in Santa Ana, California, which was about 30 miles from Anaheim at the time. So that worked out great. And that's where we opened up, right on Beach and Ball in Anaheim. Great. Um, so I, I'd, lo I'd love to know a bit, you know, just about what it was like for you to get started in industry. Cause you know, I know it was, um, I'm sure a very tough start because, you know, back then it was a very rough industry, you know, it was very not welcoming to women and all sorts of other, um, groups. So I'd love to just hear kind of a bit about that and, you know, the struggles that came along with that. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because it comes up a lot, this conversation. And for me, being a woman, I didn't really realize it too much until I actually got into the shop and started working. I wasn't realized that there was those struggles because nobody said it to my face. Nobody came out and said, hey, you shouldn't be tattooing as a woman and until I was. And I started going to conventions. And then some of the old school tattooers at the time were like, you know, chicks don't tattoo, you know, chicks shouldn't be tattooing. 
And I didn't understand that at the time. Um, and more and more that I was in the industry, you know, that, that hurdle became a little bit harder because I would have even male clients just walk out, you know, they just didn't want to get tattooed by a girl. So it was pretty, pretty new in my world because I had never been faced with that kind of thing before. I was pretty young, you know, I was started tattooing at 19. So hadn't faced the many hurdles until I got into tattooing, but it was difficult. It was hard to even consider getting into it. And I think because of my friend who is the tattoo artist, Neil, I think that was why it was a little bit easier for me because it was almost like I had a filter, right? It wasn't like I was trying to do it all on my own. And he would kind of tell me, you know, it wasn't an apprenticeship, but he was basically like helping me in, in a sense, right? Like, well, where do you get your stuff? Well, people buy stuff here, you know, where do you, how do you do it? You know, well, you just kind of got to do it this way. And so it was, it was kind of fun. I started actually with him, I would draw some things on for him before I even tattooed, I would draw on the skin and he would then tattoo it, you know? So, and I started cleaning in the shop. I actually was shop help before I even knew I was shop help. You know, I started kind of going in and cleaning the shop for them and scrubbing it down and, you know, not with the intention of working there, but just because I, I like the shop, you know, I just kind of went in and helped out. So um, I think that was what helped make it easier was the fact that I had friends in the industry already, you know, that helped quite a bit. So that, that was one of the things that helped me get going, but hurdles along the way for me were a little bit less because I ended up with guys who were accepting, right? Whereas a lot of women, they, they don't get that. Or um, people of color, for instance, you know, like Fat George uh, was Hispanic. So, you know, it was, it wasn't really ever slapped in my face until later on. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, you know, it's come a long way since then, thankfully. So yeah. it's great to see where it's evolved to. Yeah, definitely. You know, and we're lucky because we live in an area that's more accepting, right? Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could live in some areas of the world that are not going to be as accepting as where we live here, you know, and we're able to, with the majority of people are accepting of all different types of people. And, you know, you do have those hurdles that come up with clients who aren't accepting of that. Um, and, you know, other tattoo artists in some different areas that they don't want it, you know, but we're here to help all of us move forward and everybody be accepting in this industry. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of, what kind of learning opportunities were there, um, as you were coming up doing your thing, you know, cause I know, um, the, the amount of information that there is now is way different than what there is back then, especially with the amount of artists like, um, that are trained artists that are in the profession now. Right. So what kind of opportunities were there for learning, whether it be like just tattooing in general or art opportunities? Yeah, there weren't any opportunities, really. I mean, there was, you know, the only way you could see tattoos was in tattoo magazines. And those kind of started in the late 70s. And it was usually in like, uh, you know, biker magazines. It wasn't a specific tattoo magazine at first. So they would be like Outlaw Biker or something would have. A, a section of tattoos for a while. And then eventually the first tattoo magazines came out. So you could look at them there 
or you could start to go to conventions at that time, which were only like once a year, but nobody was willing to share information at that time. It was really difficult to, people didn't want to share their secrets or they didn't want to help somebody else become their own competition. So they weren't, there weren't things like, you know, Instagram or YouTube and stuff like that. So you basically just had to go about it your, the best that you could and study your art your own way. Um, not very many people went to art school at that time either. It was just people who loved art and picked it up and started doing it. They didn't go get a degree first and then get into tattooing after that. It was really rare. You know, there were some, absolutely. Um, and there were some people who were willing and helpful if you could find that person. Like back in the day, like I mentioned earlier uh, in my career that like Charlie Wagner, he taught a lot of women to tattoo. Uh, Ed Hardy did, Mike Malone, people like that were helping women or people of color or whoever to come up in the industry. And they were very open to sharing what they knew to help somebody else get better. So that was really great. But generally, you just had to fumble through, you know, and keep trying. And you couldn't even really buy supplies at the time. Um, you kind of had to prove yourself to the company and get, if I remember correctly, you had to get two sponsor shops or two sponsor tattoo artists to vouch for you in order to buy supplies from a tattoo supplier. You oh, know, really? so, yeah. So you couldn't just make an order, you know, you had to first go out and find two people who would stand up for you and say you were worth selling supplies to. And, and then you could get your supplies right know, and get on that list and and conventions were kind of similar you know so you could go in there but you if you weren't seasoned let's say um you kind of felt out of place because everybody was extremely tattooed everybody was really close to each other the community was pretty tight as far as knowing each other and and if you know a new person showed up and said hey i want to be a tattoo artist you weren't going to get any real help, you know, <laughs> that yeah. was not at all. Right. Yeah. You wander the streets or the, or the floor of the convention and watch people was pretty much how you learned, you know, if you were trying to learn at the time, unless you could find that apprenticeship, you know, which was pretty hard to do. You had to go in and, you know, scrub floors and clean toilets and do the grunt work at a shop before you could get an apprenticeship. It's pretty hard. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, throughout the learning that I've been doing um, with these interviews, it's um, it's just been amazing to see like the change that's happened within, you know, even the past 20 to 30 years in the industry and just how much it's evolved. Absolutely. It's kind of crazy because even the transition for me, you know, going from that to, OK, Instagram, I can pretty much look up anybody's work at any time, you know, right? yeah. Yeah, with the magazines, you know, you had to kind of hope they would do an article on certain people you heard about so you could get to see their work, or you had to get on a plane and go visit the shop, you know, which was really great to go in person, you know, like fly up to Lyle Tuttle's old little museum up there and see his museum, or, you know, you'd actually go get work by somebody to watch them tattoo possibly, or go with somebody who was getting tattooed, you know, you could see them actually tattoo. Uh, other than that, if they weren't at the convention once a year, you didn't see them. So, you know, even if you walked in the shop, it wasn't like you could sit down and sit next to the person really and watch them tattoo. You were kind of out in the front room and you could kind of see them from afar, 
you know, but they didn't really, most people you go visit didn't even come out and talk to you, you know, they, yeah. didn't, they didn't really want you there. You know, I remember times I'd go to nearby shops just to say hi and see what they were doing. And I, I could hear them whisper, what, what is she doing here? What is she here for? You know, I don't understand why she's here. And I didn't know that there was that strange weirdness in the industry. You know, I thought everybody could be friends. Right. So I was a big mistake. So I stopped doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little different now. I think more and more, you know, people are starting to befriend each other and work together and help each other learn and things like that. You know, not afraid of somebody else to get better or not afraid to say, Hey, wow, you're awesome. You know, you're doing a great job. So that's very helpful for new people up and coming right now because you can get critiqued, you know, very easily. You can ask advice, right? Uh, things in that nature and people aren't afraid to, to share. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, like getting a helpful critique as well. And besides, you know, it's just someone saying, yeah, you suck. You shouldn't do this. Give up. But yeah. get like actual good constructive feedback as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's funny. You say, wow, you suck. Give up because I'm sure that was said a lot. In the <laughs> day. They didn't want them to, to learn, you know, they didn't want yeah. that to happen, you know? I always like to tell this story because I was at, I think, Chicago convention when when Guy was really young, Guy Atchison, right? And he came into the convention. I think he'd been tattooing like six months at the time, kind of just trying to figure it out. And he was showing me some line work he had done on, I believe it was his friend. I have a pretty bad memory, so trying to remember that. But anyway, I looked at that line work and I was like, dang, this is really good, you know, like wow, I think you're going to be really awesome. And he was so, he was like so shy and he's kind of like, you think, you think I'm going to be good? You think I'm going to be able to do it? And I said, dude, I just have a great vision of you and your future, you know? And then before he knew it, there he was doing all this amazing stuff, you know? So it was pretty cool to see new artists come up. I remember Paul Booth kind of similar situation like that is when he was starting out and, you know, just, uh, seeing them in, in a convention and their shyness and trying to share their work and show their work and nobody wanted to talk to them, you know? So it was, it was pretty cool to watch that change start to progress. And now, you know, new artists come into the conventions or wherever and they're amazing and people will recognize that and tell them so. Yeah. It really is amazing to see just like the amount of community that there is now in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot better. I mean, you still got that uh, fear in a lot of people like, Oh crap, you know, am I going to have enough work? There's so many tattoo artists, you know, I still, right. right? There's so many shops, right. Every couple blocks now, whereas, you know, there used to be, uh, you know, a respectful distance, let's say, you know, nobody would open a shop if it was closer than 25, 30 miles, you didn't do it, you know? So now, that that doesn't matter you know it's like yeah this one and there's one a couple blocks down but you know there was also those pockets like here where this shop is we're in the old pike area of long beach california right and this used to be an amusement area and had been through the early 1900s all the way to 79 is when they demolished it but at one time there was 12 tattoo shops in this little six block area down here where the amusement area was you know 12 tattoo shops in one little spot and they all made it right for the majority of the time of course there was the ones that were better 
uh, Bert Grimm's here and Seven Seas and a Rose Tattoo, the Rose and a couple of the other ones that were right here on the street. Those were the main popular shops and held on the longest, but they definitely had a competition between each other. You know, nobody wanted the other guy to get the work and nobody wanted to share what they were doing with the other shop down the street. It was all kind of hidden. Oh, yeah. Well, especially with that many shops all in one spot, you definitely would want to keep it a bit tight. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, if you were a client, a customer and you were looking like, okay, I want to get a tattoo. I don't know where to go. I'm going to go to the Pike because I can check out all 12 tattoo shops or all five or six all at the same time. Right. So each one has the best price, right? The best at the time it was about the price because you didn't, they didn't know the difference in the work. You know, they yeah. figured if you're in the shop, you know what you're doing. It was kind of that mentality, you know? So it's just whoever would give you the, the lower rate at the time in that kind of atmosphere. But, you know, at the same time, you had great artists coming up, you know, in the, uh, you know, that era, you know, certain people were more well-known, like Bert Brim was more well-known over here and Sailor Jerry in the East Coast, you know, there was the pockets of area where great artists were happening. Right, yeah. Um, so another thing I wanted to know is, um, you know, obviously it's been a very rough journey to get to where you are. So how did you get through, you know, the times where you wanted to quit or where you were just sick of it all and wanted to give in, you know, how did you get through that and what, what drove you to continue? Uh, pressure, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know, that does happen. I think it happens in any career, but in tattooing, you know, it's so personal to each person and it means so much to each since every person's tattoo is so important to them. Right. So sometimes you get in stress mode in your career where it's super difficult to like figure out how am I going to make each tattoo the best tattoo, you know, how am I going to make today better than yesterday? And it, and it fries you, you know, you get extremely tired. And so, you know, life balance I found is really important, you know, like, take a little trip here and there, you know, even if it's take a week off, like once a year and just rejuvenate or, you know, go camping or, you know, some people go surfing or whatever it is you love to do, you know, you try to keep that kind of balance also. Um, and in the shop, you know, just focus on the moment, right? Like don't focus on what you got to do tomorrow or how much is coming just be in the tattoo you're doing right at the time and relax into that with you and your client and, you know, be there and just try and enjoy that moment, even through those stressful times. And I found sometimes if you're having that stressful moment or you're getting burnt, you know, just refresh and then go back into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I tell young people too, like now, like, you know, I've been tattooing, this will be my 43rd year. So what's important for me to help them learn also besides that is to kind of move your body in different ways because you know like when you're in your 20s 30s you're you're feeling great right you don't feel strong your body feels good you don't feel like later you're going to get sore and achy and have back issues or hand issues or any of that so i try to get people doing certain stretches or doing yoga things to move their body in different directions so it doesn't cause you a bunch of crap later on in your life. Right. 
Yeah. I, hey, I'm already hitting that. You're already hitting that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's when you got to work on it then, right? Yeah. Well, hey, no, better now than later. Yeah. We're like this all day, you know, so you got to open up and move the other direction in order. So it helps your, yeah. See, we all start doing this yeah. down. Then I'm like, okay, sit up, you know, but so, you know, like when the last couple of times, uh, my last apprentice, I, you know, we got her doing, okay, do these hand exercises every day, make sure you do yoga, because it's going to help you in the long life, you know, you got a long career ahead of you. And there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. And that's a huge one. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, so that's a good part. And that'll also help carry you through those tough moments. You know, everybody goes through burnout stages. It's just a matter of your approach, you know, so keep a life balance. You got to burn out, go visit a couple good artists and kind of rejuvenate yourself. And that'll help you keep going. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, you know, because especially, you know, being in California, very expensive out here. Um, you know, how'd you how'd you get through the financial struggles in the early stages? Uh, you know, at uh, first, when I first started tattooing, I had an, another job always. Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't just jump in and tattoo. Um, I worked a lot of little smaller jobs and kind of tattooed on the side. So my first couple of years, I was only tattooing on the weekend, you know, right. so financially I was okay because of that. And then when my career started becoming more lucrative where I was making enough, then I stopped doing the other job and started tattooing full time. So that was a huge thing for me. Um, some artists are lucky enough to have clientele now right off the bat you know so depending on your style and how good you are where you live that kind of thing it's possible you could make it right off the bat you know it just depends on the individual right yeah in most shops like it's very common to feed the new people some work you know so um, find out what they're good at and then the other people in the shop will generally refer clients they can't take or different styles, things of that nature and refer them to the newer artists, you know? So we do that here all the time with each other. We share back and forth. So there isn't a financial struggle for the people who are here, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good though. Yeah. Extremely good, you know, because everybody's got to make it. And, you know, I know some people struggle more than others financially in, in that means. Um, but yeah, that second time, second job might have to be there a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it takes to get it going, though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If it's your dream, you'll figure it out. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you'll figure it out. Keep str struggling. I mean, myself, I didn't do that full time. And what I did also, besides having a second job, when I first started getting into tattooing is back then, Flash was hugely popular, you know? So one of the guys, Mike Brown, who worked at uh, Good Time Charlie's, right? He told me, he goes, why don't you uh, draw some flash and sell flash? And I'm like, oh, you can do that. You can sell flash to the suppliers, right? So I started drawing like a sheet a day. And uh, first I sold to Ernie Carafa, you know, who bought some flash. And so that was my financial beginning in tattooing was actually drawing flash. So I did 28 sheets for him, and then I did 350-some sheets for Spalding or Rogers, which was the main supply place at the time, right? So Flash isn't so huge right now, but it's got a comeback, 
right? It's starting to come back. Like people are really getting into flash days and drawing flash and stuff like that. So I could, I bet if you started drawing flash and trying to sell it or even designs, you could make some extra money that way too. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the shops out here too, I've been seeing that they've been starting to do a lot more flash days, like once a yeah. month and now and it's been great though. Yeah. 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 It's good to see it come back. You know, I, I, I think it would be hard. I've done one of them. Right. And it about mm-hmm. killed me. I was like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just cause it's back to back to back. Right. Yeah. There's so much of it. I mean, I'm used to having one client all day now. And so, you know, when you're get one done, set up, you know, do another, get one done, set up, do another. There's a lot more stress involved in that than there is in, in one client you just chill out with all day, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's great that people are bringing those flash days back and getting back into the energy of that. Cause I think the energy of that is super exciting, you know, it, and it helps you just learn and learn to deal with so many different types of people and different art, you know, things like that. I think it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of, um, you know, the business side of things, what's, um, I guess, something that you would kind of recommend to the to the newer artists out there in terms of getting stuff started off the ground or maybe someone who's just recently thinking about opening a shop, some kind of business um, advice that you would give them? Gosh, I'm, I'm really bad on the business side, you know, because when I came up, um, Tattoo shops are, are really a business now, mm-hmm. right? There's so much involved in doing them, including with city stuff, with medical stuff. There's a lot. And when I started tattooing, you know, it was, hey, do you got a few bucks to rent a space and put yourself inside of a building and throw up a sign? It was that basic, you know, right. there's a lot involved. So now there's a lot more to it. So I would strongly recommend some business classes you know, accounting classes, even, uh, you know, bloodborne pathogens teaches you a little bit, but there's a lot of medical stuff you really need to learn. So studying some of that, I think is hugely important also, but if, if somebody's going to open an actual shop, they need some structural business classes. Definitely, you know, a yeah. local community school, something like that. Um, unless they have a natural ability at it, you know, but even accounting part of it is super hard. You know, it's a lot more involved than it used to be years ago. And so I, I recommend that for sure. Alongside your art, you know, so you got to, you got that going on already. So there's a lot to do, you know, cause you got a lot of different things you got to learn. Yeah. Well, especially cause you know, it's kind of a one man team kind of thing. So you got to really like cover all assets of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are doing it on themselves by themselves, which does make it easier. You know, if you're alone, but then you don't have the camaraderie and the other people around you helping you to learn. Right. I, I personally like a, a shop with, with that energy, you know, of different artists doing different things and helping each other out and, you know, commenting and, you know, that, that's what I like. Um, you know, we have our quiet moments when there's nobody necessarily here. And then we have our busy moments where the energy in here is just roaring and going. And, you know, along with that energy, um, customer service is huge. You know, a lot of people kind of different businesses will get some attitude about what they're doing. And I, am not that kind of person, you know, I want to be kind to the customer, be kind to the people walking in the door, have a little humility, you know? And, uh, I think that we're here to help them as without them, we don't have our business. Exactly. 
Yeah, so, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah. All right, great. And then um, just to kind of wrap things up as like one last overall topic, um, you know, for all the new people out there in the industry trying to make it a start, what's your, what's your biggest piece of advice to them um, as they continue to struggle through making it? Yeah, just keep trying. You know, if it's really your dream, don't give up, right? Find the avenues you need and move forward. I think there's a lot of tattoo artists who are artists in general, you know, who struggle and give up on things, you know, and go through bad times. I mean, our personality types are difficult in the first place as an artist, right? We go through a lot internally struggling with, is it perfect? Is it not perfect? But just try and be a little more easy with it and let things flow, you know, and keep moving forward. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Carrie. I really appreciate sure. you taking the time to come out for this. Sure. No problem. It was nice to meet you. Nice piece of artwork right behind you there. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I'm here in my shop. So we're going to be tattooing here a little bit. Things will get roaring and going and be a great day. All right. Yeah. And then go ahead as well as, you know, let everyone else um, out there watching who doesn't already know where they can find you and all your work and all that. Sure. So my name's Carrie Barba. And so even on Instagram, that's where that would be. And I'm at Outer Limits Tattoo, which is two locations, but I work in Long Beach location, which is down here in the Pike at 22 South Chestnut Place, uh, Long Beach, California. We have another shop in Costa Mesa also at an area called The Camp, which is pretty cool. It's kind of a, a natural center. So everybody in there, you know, is organic or natural based. And so that's a pretty cool area over there. Anyway, come on in, check us out on Instagram. We've got a lot of great artists in the shop too, all doing different styles, great people. Yeah, very lovely shop over there. Yeah, thanks. And, and we got a little museum, you know, because we are the oldest shop in the nation and luckily to be the second oldest in the whole world. So we have little museum stuff. You can come check it out, walk through the shop, get a little tour if you'd like. Uh, we have plaques up too. So if you want to do self-guided, kind of read it along the way, that's always welcome also. Awesome. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Have a good day. All right. Thank you. You too, Carrie.